one billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. An amnesis. Noun. The recollection or remembrance of the past. Reminiscence. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. My name is Zan, and I'm your GM. Thanks for joining us today, and as always, we hope you're staying safe and healthy. Now having their job lined up, the group finds a place to stay and tries to get a little more information on their task at hand. Sleep is enforced, dinner companions are met, and deals are brokered. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallren, and Jory rest before continuing on to figure out their pasts. Habina leaves the jaded alehouse, leaving the four of you behind to figure out what your next steps are. You decide, before anything else, finding a place to stay for the night is probably a good priority. Using Smallrin's knowledge of the area, you are able to find an inn known as the Downgrade. Local legend has it that it was originally used as a pejorative term for a pretty decent place to stay the night that they just started leaning into. Most places around here, because of the large nature of the city, have some sort of gimmick or catch to them, something to get the people to come in the door. The thing about the downgrade is that it doesn't extend up. Rather, it is carved down into the bedrock. It is early evening, and you decide to make your way to the inn. Is there anything anyone wants to do before you arrive there? Yeah, I think Nehemiah is, at this point, moving into kind of a goal-oriented state. It's like, all right, we're here, we're doing this thing, let's knock this out and get out of here. Same. Yeah. You start making your way through the different districts and following Smallrin's lead. Smallrin, you remember most of the areas here. There are some things that have changed and certain shops that might have gone out of business and certain landmarks that have shifted, so... It's not a perfect path to get there, but it's not hard to eventually figure it out. The outside of the inn is very nondescript. There is a sign kind of over the top that says the downgrade. And walking in, it's a kind of a stone exterior. Nice looking, but not fancy or over the top in any way. On the interior, it actually kind of looks like what we would recognize as a modern hotel, where there's like a little lobby with a check-in desk off to one side, an entrance to like maybe a restaurant or bar area, kind of uh, tucked to one corner. And at the center, there is a large spiral staircase that goes down. The entire area, it has a very relaxed, ambient, atmospheric lighting to it. 
there's no specific light source that you can find, but everything just kind of seems to have a warm glow to it somehow. There is a young person at the front desk who greets you as you come up. Welcome to the downgrade. How can I help you find folks? Uh, just looking for a couple of rooms for the night. Absolutely. How many do you need? I see four of you. Is it four rooms, two rooms, one uh, room? If you've got one room with enough beds, sounds good to us. That's all right with y'all. We have a small suite available still. Uh, it's early enough in the night. I think we can bear to part with that for the day. <laughs> kind of <laughs>, laughs at their own joke, <laughs> which isn't really a joke. <laughs> Hotel humor. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, uh, for that one room, uh, it will be seven shins for the night. Uh, if you'd like to book it for more nights, uh, we can give you a bit of a discount. Yes, let's do that. How many nights were you looking for then? That's a good question. Well, I believe that we'll be in town for at least a little while, but we may be moving about a bit. Perhaps two. Then call it tensions for the two nights. And Harley, as you see on their name tag, pulls up a little data pad and starts mm -hmm. tapping things in and putting down. Um, what name should I put it under? Oh, conference. What should we be called? <laughs> well, just one of your names is fine. Oh, I thought you meant like a, a, like a team name. Hmm. Well, we do have a fair number of people who come through as groups. I assume, looking at you, that you are a group of people probably here for some sort of work. One of your names is perfectly suitable. Unless that's not suitable. <laughs> <laughs> Put it under the name Brex. Brex. Perfect. I like all of us just sitting there looking at each other, realizing that none of us want anyone to what realize we're in town. <laughs> <laughs> Nehemiah will put tensions on the table. Okay. Jory will slide four over to you. Over to Nehemiah. Nehemiah mm -hmm. begrudgingly takes it. <laughs> you hear a small clink and you realize that Smaller and has slipped three shins into your purse. <laughs> Very good. Harley finishes up the information, takes the payment, processes that, and then gives you a small triangular prism. This will get you into the room. It is on the eighth floor. Ah. Uh, they go in reverse going down. So we're on the ground floor. The one is the one below us, two below that, and so on. So eighth floor down. It should be the suite down there. There's only two of mm. them, so it's 802. All right. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Uh, please feel free to join us for a drink or a meal at the, I was going to say the inn-inn, like the inn-hotel, mm -hmm. but it was like the inn-inn. <laughs> Our in-house inn is open for dinner <laughs> <Yeah>. from... <laughs> right. Uh, please feel free to join us for a drink or a meal later. The kitchen is open all times. 28-7. Oh. <laughs> I had to think for a moment. I was going to say 24. I'm like, that's wrong. That's not that's right. Wrong. Uh, I forget sometimes it's a 28-hour day. Right, right. Uh, the kitchen is open 28 hours a day, so please feel free to stop by if you need anything. And there is a small communicator in each room should you need anything from us. Excellent. Thank you very much. The last time I was here, I remember there being lifts for some of the deeper levels. Do those still operate? Oh, yes, they do. If you are in need of the lift, uh, I can get you access to that as well. Is that something you will be in need of? We may have reason to bring equipment back for our work, so I would like to at least know where it is. Absolutely. They are right around the corner, and they point to the fact that it's a circular room, and they said corner. 
Uh, they kind of like point around the curve of the room and it's catty corner to where the desk is between where the restaurant entrance is. And at first you don't see anything, but then very closely you can see a small outline of light in a rectangular shape against the wall. Your prism fits into that small indent in the wall, the same way it will your door when you get down to your level, and it should open up for you. By putting the prism into the interior of the lift, you will be able to get to your floor. Marvelous. Is there anything else I can help you with this evening? No, thank you. I think we're all right. Wonderful. Well, if you do need anything else, please don't hesitate to contact me, and I hope you have a wonderful stay at the downgrade. Well, head down to the room. As we're leaving the desk, Smarin kind of leans over and murmurs, I'm glad that the last time I was here seems to have been a bit of a phase. There was a time when they were leaning into the name The Downgrade by allowing all of the staff to be rude to their patrons. Wow. People want in on that? Some people got very invested in the idea, but I don't think it was a good business model, so it doesn't seem to have stuck. <sighs> Everybody's got to have a gimmick. You know, I should have thought of that. I should have thought of it being one of those restaurants where they yes. just where they're just mean you. to you. No, that's yeah. when you said like, oh, they all have I their niche. Have. That was the first thing I thought oh. of, and I was like, oh man. But I didn't. I didn't want to jump in and say it because I didn't want to ruin it if you had plans for like how the hotel's set up. That would have been very funny, though. You head down the spiral staircase down to the eighth floor. And there is a door at each level. And just as Harley said, next to each door, there is kind of a triangular indent that you can slip the prism in until it's like flat against the wall. And as soon as it does that, the door will open. It's a sliding door. So like it slides to the left or the right. And then it will like mechanically pop back out into your hand. The prism will get onto the eighth floor. Easy to find room 802 and you enter in. It is also here a stone interior, a little more rough hewn than the areas up top. It seems that as they get lower and lower down, it becomes a little less fine tuned. So the stone is not quite as skillfully carved down out of the ground. And there are some synth and metal accents, but they're a little more sparse. There are, however, some metal tiles on the ground that seem to have a heating or cooling control to them, kind of keep a good ambient temperature in the area, depending on the time of year. That very soft ambient wash of light is still here as well. And other than the beds, which are kind of spaced out, and it's like a oval room, they're spaced out along the edge with like little partitions in between them to allow some bit of privacy. And there's also like a small common space. You'll notice on the table that is in the common space, there is a two foot tall by one foot wide ovular looking device that's kind of fur covered and a little bit squishy looking. It looks like we may have a pet. I am going to investigate. You go up to it. It is not living. Huh. It is easy to tell that immediately. Is, <laughs> you, you touch it and it doesn't move or react and squishing down a little bit on it feels like there might be some sort of metal or synth device somewhere deeper within it. Like there's something hard 
deeper in. What on earth is this? After a little bit of poking around, you find a little card nearby on the table that gives you instructions on how to use a hypnotic nanny. <laughs> I'm going to try it. Oh no. So, <laughs> okay, so you go to activate it, and it you activate it by essentially squeezing it like around the center a certain number of times. Yeah, give it a hug. Yep, you give it a hug, and from underneath the light, it's kind of like a beige color, like a sandy color. From underneath this fur, soft exterior, it lights up, like has this glow that comes out of it, and starts humming a really soothing mm. tune, and it starts vibrating softly, almost like the purr of a cat. <laughs> Rin actively wants one of these in this moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah correct, but still. And as you are all standing here, Jory has only, I'm gonna say, only read half the directions, like read up into like, oh, this is how you activate the thing. And yep. he's like now hugging it and it's purring and has these lights and this gorgeously calming lullaby that it's like humming and it's, it sounds almost like a human voice, mm. like humming it. There's no words, but it's it's very calming. I'll say Small Rin and Nehemiah kind of like looking over her shoulder, like look at the rest of the card and see then that if you listen for a little while, it's meant to put you immediately to sleep. So I'm mm. going to need all of you oh, no. to make me, <laughs> oh, no. make me a level four might check. <laughs> might, interesting. Gosh. Failure with a five. A success with a 17. Mine was as well, a success with 17. <laughs> with plus one damage. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so Jory just stays kind of wrapped around this hypnotic nanny. <laughs> feels very relaxed, but does not have the need to immediately fall asleep. And Smallrin, you also feel oddly calm. Even being a serene person, this brings you down even another notch from things. Nehemiah, however, you yep. feel sleepy. Yep, no, Nehemiah sleepy. immediately um, slumps against the other two, just... <laughs> Smallrin leaps out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> so Nehemiah so falls on the ground. It's, it's, an, it's, it's, a, it's a reflex. No truck falls in this group. He's, he, starts, he starts going and she, like, jumps on the bed. Oh, no. Ah. She doesn't trust being in a soothed state, so she's on high alert. <laughs> I do, but Nehemiah just fell down, so okay. uh, sorry. Oh, oh, right. Sorry, Look. that thing. Wow, I packed a a wallop. I'm actually gonna go ahead and just kind of crawl into this bed right here. And... <sighs> Joy, please turn that off. Oh, just. Turn it. Did you read the entire card? No. <laughs> uh, Smallrin picks it up and like puts it in front of her and points directly to the bit about immediate sleep. Ah. And then uh. points further down the card at the instructions for turning it off. Okay. Well, this could come in very handy at some point then. <clears throat> Let's see. How do I turn it off? I like the implication that we're going to steal this like it's a hotel bathrobe and yep. use it in other situations. She's very torn. Jory's having a bit give of a, a crisis. They're going to put that on our it's bill, a Jory. You give it a quick hug, toss it into the next room. There you go. <laughs> I actually love that, that idea. That so useful. <laughs> Listen. Okay. Do I give I it? I like creative uses of things, but I mean... Listen, this is... 
Hypnotic Nanny, a.k.a. Sleep Grenade. If we've run out of options and we don't mind our bills spiking, we can always grab this and go, okay, how do I turn it off? (laughs) It's like squeezing it twice in quick succession. I do so Double Double hug. Yeah, double hug. hug. And you turn it off. Everything seems somehow 1% worse than it did just a second ago. That calming atmosphere kind of lingers for a little bit. Mm. And it's really nice. You can tell that this is meant to kind of like create a chill space for the clients here. It's meant to set the vibe, man. Yep. Brex has picked the bed closest Mm -hmm. to the door and lays down... (laughs) Having traveled with them, Brex doesn't really sleep. Brex will kind of, very much like a a construct or something, Brex will kind of go into like a less Mm. aware state, but never, doesn't need sleep. Anything else before hitting the hay? Is it actually nighttime? Like, I forget where we are in the day. No, it is middle evening. Probably haven't Mm. had dinner yet even. Before we head down, because I think DMI would go down to the tavern area and grab some food up to the tavern area. He is going to pull out the Void Chasm map that he got from Madrius. And um, can you like kind of describe, is it like a projection map? Is it like a scroll kind of a deal? The map is on paper or like a vellum essentially. And opening it up, kind of like unfolding it and looking at it, it's drawn out, written out, but as you kind of like turn it, it's almost holographic. And so there are portions that kind of like start to look a little okay. bit more three-dimensional. Is there anything specific you are looking for on the map of the Voil Chasm? Essentially trying to get a baseline heading for what we're trying to find. Mm-hmm. Because all we really know is that it's like effectively some kind of technological fountain of youth kind of thing. I think Nehemiah is just trying to find any kind of indication is, you know, we have a basic heading, but, you know, something to specify that a little further. Sure. You are specifically looking for an artifact. Okay, cool. A device. And looking at the kind of vague direction that she gave you and following the map down, Nehemiah, you're able to see that on the lower levels of the southwest portion of where Sturthal meets the Voil Chasm, there seem to be, at least on this map, two marked ruins, two areas where this might be a thing. Mm-hmm. One of them seems to be something that kind of like goes farther into the edge of the cliffside, something that kind of like digs into the ground. And the other one seems to be some sort of structure that is almost like attached to the outside of the cliff face. Hmm, okay. Well, I mean, without anything else to go on, we've got either something that's dug in or something that's hanging out. My uh, instincts leads me to go to the one that's in. Feel like something that's sticking out probably has been explored a little bit more thoroughly. If it's going to be still there, it's going to be inside. It's also probably newer. And if this is as potent as she says, I'm inclined to believe it's probably older tech. Hmm. Yeah, some kind of eighth world kind of thing, seventh world, I don't know. Smallrin leans over and looks at the map and then kind of traces a weird kind of wavy line with her finger. This is roughly as far as I ever went. We tended to operate within the city itself rather than out in the further reaches of the chasm. Mm. 
and she indicates she has not been to either of these ruins. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll say that you've been probably about, based on where they are, about a third of the way down Mm -hmm. to To where where they're located. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to go get some food. Jory, are you feeling better? Yes, I think so. All right. No more spices today. But, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I could argue, because I do need to build up a tolerance if I'm going to try that again. So we'll see. Let's take a look at the menu. (sighs) Yeah, all right. Smallhorn kind of leans over to Nehemiah. The good news is, that is a proprietary spice rub, so at the very least, she can't get it here. That's good. As long as they haven't opened up a cart inside. Oh, no. I don't think we got a name for the guy who ran the kebab cart. No, I didn't give you a name. (laughs) Don't worry. Simral is very protective of his recipes and uh, would not be apt to share them with anyone. He's a little bit of a control freak. You know, I respect that. Seeing you all start to leave the room, Brex once again stands up and joins with you. They've been not even very reactive to anything right now, like kind of just like following along, taking cues from the lot of you, making sure that things are taken care of and all that stuff. So really almost fall into the background a little bit. None of you ever forget that they're there, but it's, especially with not talking, kind of easy for them to just remain in the background. Mm. They do get up and follow along with you out the door if you're heading back up. Mm -hmm. You walk into the restaurant and it's a seat yourself kind of scenario. Mm -hmm. And as you look at everything, it is almost like a communal eating scenario. Somewhere between like family dinner style and like one of those sushi train restaurants where there are large bowls of things that are kind of just rotating around where you can like take them off and serve yourself something that looks good and put it back on. And so you end up sitting kind of around one of the edges of this table next to a couple other people just because it's very communal and open that way. You sit down near three individuals, a young, kind of attractive and flamboyant person. He has a, a very well-displayed emblem on his jacket, mm. which easy to kind of recognize as like a guild seal of some sort. I'll say, given where you were at the Jaded Alehouse, you recognize this seal from some of the other people who saw it's a merchant's guild. Mm. Looks brand new affixed to this jacket. Excellent. There is a grizzled and muscular person sitting next to that individual. Has an eye patch with like a green gem on the side of it affixed to their right eye. And then kind of like on the other side of you all is kind of like a scraggly but put together, if that makes sense. Like it is a choice to look this way kind Uh of thing. And this woman is like, just kind of like looking around, doesn't have a mean face, but definitely a scrupulous one. And has a, while eating, is kind of like off to the side of her plate, playing with a pair of carved bone dice. Just kind of like absentmindedly fidgeting with them. And those are the people that you are seated near. Hmm. Sitting down, Nehemiah will lean over to the young merchant guildsman and just ask like, so uh, what's good here? He's kind of taken a little off at someone approaching him first, Mm because usually he's the one to make conversation. Well, uh, I've I've tried the the, the steamed buns. Uh, They they have a really uh, savory filling, really, really great. There's also uh, some sort of marinated shellfish 
um, that I was not expecting to to like, but um, they, they say it's from the river. Mm. Um, that's a little bit uh, to to the west. They're they're incredibly good. Hmm. Sounds great. Love a steamed bun. And Nehemiah will reach for it and grab both recommended dishes. Grab those and put them on your plate. Mm-hmm. There also is some seared poultry mm-hmm. of some sort. There is a really almost glazed looking vegetable dish with some sort of like a green sweet sauce on it. Mm. Kind of on the conveyor belt just above the food, there is a line of drinks going through. Okay. Fruity, almost like pineapple whip looking one. Like kind of very fruity, tropical Kind of like a Dole Whip thing going. Kind of like a Dole Whip (laughs) thing, yeah. There's some hard alcohol drinks, some fruit juices. There are a couple of like, looks like pressed vegetable juice, water. I'm getting like old country buffet vibe, but fancy. Yes. Yes. Correct. Exactly. I've been old country buffet since I was like 12. We used to go there like once a month after church Mm -hmm. with my grandparents. It was a very, also went there with my grandma. And that was when it's like all the family would be in Mm -hmm. town. It's like, okay, is it, is it right before school? Then we're going to Outback. Otherwise it is old country buffet every time. I shudder to think of an old country buffet today, but I kind of am curious too. There's a couple desserts going around too. There's like a breaded tart of some sort that has a warm spice smell to it. There's some cakes. There's some, (laughs) I had a better word, but I lost it. Pies and things like that. No frozen desserts to be seen though. Jory, this is your new market. George, time to shine. Probably because they would melt going around the conveyor belt. But if you could figure out how to keep them cold. Yes. So I am keeping an eye out from this point forward on some sort of traveling freezer device. Huzzah. We'll crack this yet, my friends. (laughs) Finding new niches for your uh, gelato empire. It's true. (laughs) That's very true. I will look for anything that is in turnover form. Be it be it savory or sweet, we will. It will. It will be a surprise because you can't really tell until you've eaten it. You end up with a root vegetable pasty. Dynamite. Love it. I want that right now. That sounds great. It's really good fall food. Yeah, smaller in scoops. Some of the uh, the kind of green glazed vegetables. She waits until one of the seared meat dishes comes around that seems to have some sort of like dry rub on it, and she grabs some of that as well. You all have some food on your plate, and you start eating, and it is very well made and well cooked and spiced, and it's it's great. But it's also very comforting. Just like the lighting that is here, just like the hypnotic nanny, this seems to be geared towards, hey, take a load off, relax, have something comfortable. Mm. Nehemiah, as you're sitting there, the young man with the merchant's emblem that is sitting next to you is talking to the person next to them, this kind of muscular, grizzled individual. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm not asking you for the world. I'm just asking if you can go and look for her and... This person kind of shakes their head again, takes another bite of the food on their plate. No, I told you, I've been marked. I'm not supposed to go down there. I will be in big trouble if I go over the edge again. I, I understand that, but I... I can, I can pay for, for your, your, your trouble doing this. 
you're going to have to find someone else. I'm sorry about your sister's plight, but I can't be the one to go find her. Where's your sister? And kind of like big sigh from the merchant. She's somewhere in the castle. Mm. Um, Any idea where? Southwest-ish. I heard somebody say plight. <laughs> As- did someone say plight? <laughs> did I say plight? You might have. I think you did. I think, I think you did. <laughs> Fair enough. I- Although it is funnier if you hadn't. <laughs> Jory, Jory, did. Jory heard plight implied. And yeah, left implied plight. Implied plight. Oh, that's a good one. My name's Sale. My older sister is a little more adventurous than I am, but the, the two of us had kind of saved up some money to start a a, a Numenera sale shop. Right. Um, I recently was accepted into the Merchant's Guild. This chest kind of puffs up a little bit. And she's more of the one that's able to go and get the things. Normally, I go with her. I'm not much of a help in that way, but I I can at least keep an eye out for things for her. But I was busy, and she wanted to go, and she, against my better judgment, went delving on her own. We have a little check-in device that allows us to send, like, quick messages back and forth, just like a, hey, I'm okay that kind of thing. Sure. She missed her check-in this morning, and I haven't heard from her since. Alright. And that just worries me a lot, and I'm trying to find oh. someone who might be able to go down and look well. for her, Ooh. but... Ooh. We can. Can can you? Yes. We're actually... We've got a bit of a delve planned ahead of us anyway. I'd be, we'd be happy to keep an eye out for her. What's her name? Down there. Her name's Tana. Would BitBit be able to pick up on the signal from the little communication device? I love that. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. All right, Biddy, come on out. Bit, bit kind of like hovers up from mm-hmm. the little docking station. Yep. Yep. I picture Bit, bit looking like B12 from Stray now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ring got me on that train, and it is a delight. Absolutely. I love that. This little, almost essentially robot head with like some antenna and things. We'll say like one little arm at least. Yeah. Floats up nearby you. If you can uh, go ahead and put that receiver up near my good friend here, we may be able to lock in on her a bit easier. Sale nods. Okay. And puts his wrist up to the side of BitBit. Mm-hmm. The little like indicator light on top of BitBit's head and body and everything, because it's all it is, glows a little bit. And there's a moment, and then there's kind of like a little boop, boop, boop. All right. And it's locked on to that signal. We'll be heading down tomorrow morning. We'll keep an eye out. There's no chance of you going sooner? I mean, we spent all day traveling. We are bushed. Okay. No, yeah, that's uh, that's understandable. Um, I guess beggars can't be choosers when it when it comes to this. Uh, th- thank you very much. Um, mm. I can... Sorry, Tail, is there some sort of code word or anything that would help her to know that we're not kidnapping her or something? Just tell her that numbskull sent you. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he, he kind of rolls his eyes. Like, Sibling vibes. Oh, good. Can I offer you payment of any sort? I, I don't have a lot of money now. I, I just spent most of it on this business, but I can... I can. Uh... Let's get her back and we'll talk about payment then. Okay. 
You seem like a trustworthy sort. I know you'll do right by us. No worry about that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Truly. The person on the other side of that, he was originally trying to broker mm. to go and find his sister, speaks up. You already planning on going down there then? Yeah. Got yourself a heading or a map or something so you stay out of trouble? Yep, we got a map. Got an idea about where we're heading. Just gotta, you know, crack into it. You been down there before? Near the top, mostly. Not quite that far, but that was before we had a delve with us. <laughs> and person looks at Jory, who waves at that mention, and kind of raises an eyebrow and kind of goes, <laughs> Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> can I see your map? Just want to see where it is you're headed. I can give you a few pointers. I can't go myself, but... I left the map back in the room, but southwest. So actually, same, about the same spot, a little further down. There's two or three major ruins down that way, I think. It's probably about 3,000 feet down. Mm. You got climbing gear? That's part of why we need to wait until tomorrow. There's a few things we haven't picked up yet. Right, that makes sense. Uh, suggest getting some good quality stuff. Uh, you don't want it to give out on you halfway down, mm. or halfway up for that matter. Anyone in particular you recommend dealing with? There's an, like an explorer's shop a little bit farther down the way, run by a gal named Yari. She might help you out. She's got good stuff. You said there were three ruins down that way. Maps that we have, I believe, only shows two. And a smile comes across their face. It's because I got better information. Well, better information can be worth something. Any way that you could give us what we're missing? I'm the kind of person who thoroughly enjoys adventuring, delving, looking in places where I probably shouldn't be looking. But, uh, but the Thryn have got in their mind that uh, I'm a menace and I shouldn't be allowed down there any longer. Every time I go over to the edge, I'm stopped and told to come back. And last time I was stopped and told to go back, I was told if I tried again, the results wouldn't be as merciful. I think you all know what that would probably mean. Seems a bit, uh, extreme. Welcome to Sturthall. <laughs> yeah, we're learning that. I'm sure there's not really a way that you can go about clearing my name. If you could, I'll tell you everything I know. <laughs> but given that I don't know what your connections are, I'm not going to put my money on that. However, I usually do make my living on selling the things that I find, and I haven't been able to do that in a while. Mm. If you can offer me a cut of whatever it is you bring back up with you... I'll tell you what I know about the southwest portion of the Voyo Chasm. We may have to discuss a little bit. You're here for the night? Yeah, I'm on the fourth floor. All right, sounds good. We'll let you know. Best of luck. Nehemiah, by the way. Lem, it's nice to meet you, and a lot of you. Hopefully we can uh, do a little bit of business. That'll be great. I'm glad you can help Sail here. Mm. He's been bothering me for two hours now. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, it would have just been easier for you to go and check it out yourself, and... Nehemiah winks. <laughs> I'm not very... <sighs> I was I was talking to Lem. Lem kind of nods, finishes the last of food on their plate, and gets up to head over back to their room. Mm -hmm. Sale sits there for a little while longer, nursing a drink, but kind of like keeping to himself now that things have had a little bit of resolution. The person on the far side of your group speaks up. Did I hear that you're going delving? <sighs> That's the plan. Wonderful. There are a couple different categories of people who end up doing that. Are you in the mercenary portion or the interested in what's down there portion? I suppose both. 
Yeah, it really depends on the moment. I mean, needs are taking us down there, and curiosity may as well guide us a bit. Fair enough. If you end up wanting to sell anything that you bring back, and she kind of, like, looks over to Sale, who's sitting there still, I know that there are plenty of reputable avenues to do that. But if you're looking to make a little bit more coin before you head out of town, there are some darker alleys that you could get some good money for your worth. Hmm. And how do we go about finding one of these dark alleys? I could help you with that. And your name is? Kyrith. It's nice to meet you. Likewise. Does Smallman recognize her at all? Hmm. You don't immediately recognize the name or the voice, but the way that she's playing with the dice, it's a very telling fidget. This is someone that I'll say you've worked with a couple of times, kind of a very well-known fence in the area. Okay. Works for no one in particular, but has connections with both the lexicon and Quanon. And even sometimes to the right amount of coin will sell to the nobles or the Thryn. Just wanted to know that. Smallrin is not going to make any signs of recognition. She's not ready to jump back in with anybody just yet. She's in her bob cut, bright scarf getup. Because she cut her hair. Oh yeah, she's in her okay. like weird disguise. <laughs> okay, cool. I will turn around with my face full of pastry. Kyrith so is it really worth the extra shins to deal with the trouble what's your opinion there I will always go for more shins but that decision is up to you that's not something I can make you look like somebody who likes a bit of trouble I just don't mind a bit of trouble I can handle my own that's fair also I rarely run into trouble but if you end up needing more money than the stingy merchants are able to give you, let me know. Hmm. Will do. She nods, finishes the drink that she had, and then kind of goes up and doesn't leave, but kind of like wanders the outside of the room. There are some like high top tables near the edges of things where people can like have drinks and like go off and be a little more alone. Like the food isn't over there, but you could like take a drink off the conveyor belt and go have a conversation. Sure. She kind of just starts circulating around the outside of the room. Okay, group meeting. <laughs> mm. Let's head back on down to the room. Yes, I don't think we should discuss too much in the open. Nehemiah will grab a drink and head down to the room. Yep. As the group of you gets up, Kyrith has kind of made her way around the edge near where the door is and kind of like nods and smiles at you as each of you goes through the door. But you notice her eyes lingering long on Brex. Mm. As soon as we are out of, like, back in the room, I will turn to Brex. You know that person back there, Kyrith? You get a head shake. Mm. I think we might have to keep an eye out on... um hmm Some kidnapping? I was going to say thievery, but that's not right. Yeah, no, that did not like that look. Especially from somebody who deals in Numenera. If they're not sure or don't care who or what they're dealing with, mm-hmm. rubs me the wrong way. I will say, from what I remember, they don't go by Kyrith. Or they didn't then. Mm. But uh, she's... 
not affiliated with anyone in particular, which means she would have to reach out to someone else to do her dirty work, and potentially have to give up some part of the cut, which, as I recall, she is reluctant to do. She mm. works mostly as a fence. She doesn't have quite the right connections to get together a crew to come after someone like Brex, which you would need. You would, but, you know. That's not to say that if she saw something, the information of where they are wouldn't be valuable in its own right. Properly motivated individual is always uh, liable to be an issue. Yep. Speaking of which, if we want help from Lem, we may need to plan on bringing more back than just what we were asked to. Yeah, that's the question. We can't really give anyone a cut of a singular artifact. No, that's true, but there's probably a lot down there on the way. But we're going to need to talk to Lem first to get that information. Otherwise, who knows? We could fall into a ditch that we otherwise might have been warned about. It's true enough. A ditch would a be ditch. the least of our worries. That's true, but I it's the whole thing. That's why it's funny. It's I'm a ditch honestly, all the way down. There, there are times when the ditch is by far the better option. <laughs> we could not fall into a ditch. We could miss the ditch we were we aiming for and just fall forever. Exactly. <laughs> Into the bottomless canyon. Probably fine. Wouldn't that wouldn't that be terrible? We're walking along a path and we fall into a ditch rather than and that's how we that's how wouldn't we kick it. That'd be terrible. <laughs> okay. Look, but, I wasn't planning for a TPK here, but <laughs> Oh man, now the idea's in their head. <laughs> no, that's that it's not Zane's think, style, thank goodness. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. we should. I think we should take up the offer on it, and then just say yes. We'll bring you back some stuff if you can warn us about that third thing that we yeah. hadn't thought of. Probably. What do you reckon? Yeah. I'm not opposed to it. It's just you know, it's like you said, we're gonna need to actually spend some like time down there, and I don't know what kind of timetable we're on, but I mean, I guess at this point, what's another day or two? <sighs> I just want to make sure we're as equipped as we can be going down there. No, because... you're you're right. You're right. We'll just, uh, you know, need to be on our guard the entire time we're down there. Honestly, I am less worried about what critters or whatnot may be lurking down there and more about other Delvers, but so it goes. All right, so uh, who wants to go and uh, talk to Lem again? I'll do it. All right. Fourth floor? Is that what I heard? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, be back in a jiff. Anybody want to go with me? I'll go with you. I don't feel as if we should be wandering about alone. Probably a good call. I'll stay here with Brex. Don't get kidnapped. You've been warned. <laughs> you you all turn around and Brex is kind of just staring at the hypnotic nanny. Uh, <laughs> New best trying friend. Trying to figure it out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Right, you go up to the fourth floor and you put the prism into the kind of exterior door of the floor. It opens up and... There are more doors here. This looks like a bunch of individual rooms rather than a handful of suites. Uh-oh. There are eight rooms. Whew. I don't think we got a room number, did we? Did we? No, I don't believe we gave one. As you're kind of going there, oh, shoot, I forgot to get a room number. You hear Lem's voice kind of, like, yell out. They yell, I don't know any good swears. <laughs> <laughs> <That are> good. <laughs> Hold on. 
<laughs> hold for swears. Hold for, <laughs> hold for, hold for, hold for family friendly swears. Oh. Yeah. You hear Lem's voice yell out from one of the doors. Our jackals take you, you stupid machine. And it is coming from room 403. What a mighty stroke of luck that was. Indeed. I wonder if he tripped over the nanny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's find out. Knock, knock, knock. How you turn this thing off? And opening the door is a very bleary-eyed Lem. And you hear like that kind of like soothing tone (laughs) in the background. Got it in one. Oh, oh, hello. Uh, We understand you're having some maintenance problems in your room. You don't work here. I know I don't. Let's get you sorted out and then we'll talk about our proposition. I will go. I will walk past. Double hug the nanny. Thank you. I assume you hear about my offer? Yes, we've decided or rather I have, and I've been very strong army about it, that we need the most information we can possibly get before we go down. All right. Now, is there something specific that you want, or you literally just want a cut? And what if we don't sell anything that we bring back and it's all just sentimental value? Would you like a cut of some smiles? I'm not looking for money. Oh. I want the physical items. Oh. I have my own avenues to sell things and people that I supply to. I want a cut of the physical things you bring back. That I think we can provide. That simplifies things a bit. It does. As she said, anything in particular that you prefer to specialize in? Oddities don't get you the best money, but if that's what you find, great. Safas and artifacts are my thing. Sounds good. We'll see what we can get you. So... What's this information? I will pet the nanny as if it is a cat. I am some sort of villain. I'm trying to be intimidating. Would you like to roll for that? I would like to (laughs) (laughs) auto-fail. All right. What percentage are you willing to give me? Oh, um, what do you think? That will determine how much information I give you. And they're still very sleepy looking. Much calmer than they were before, even though then they weren't necessarily, like, angry, but they were definitely gruff up at dinner, but now they're just kind of, like, chill. What about 15? Percent? Mm-hmm. All right. I'm part of an explorers group known as the Amber Gleaners. Ah. It's a very loose gathering of people. We mostly share information, partially to keep each other safe, partially to help each other out, make sure we get good, good delves. I haven't been down to that portion myself, but I have it on good information about what's there. Okay. There's three areas. There's one that goes into the cliff itself, one that sits on the face, and then there's another one that transports you somewhere else entirely. Somewhere else entirely? Are we talking like a lift situation, or are we talking like a completely different completely different? I'm talking about completely different. Like, you you walk through the, the section there, and you're in this... Apparently it's a, it's a field. Uh, the details on where you end up are a little bit sparse. Only a couple people have done it, but... And they've come back? Yeah, though after a very long time. How long is very long? Are we talking like, oops, it's past lunchtime? Or are we talking like, um, oops, it's past my 70th birthday? Uh, not quite that far, like a month. Ah, interesting. Hmm. Any more details as to how to identify such a... Uh, gate, I suppose? Door? Ritual? Symbol? 
on the ground that sends you a place. A ring of mushrooms, perhaps? Ah, that's a good one. <laughs> These flowers, right? These bright, nearly glowing purple flowers. They're kind of hard to miss. They're these, they've got these tall, thin stalks to them, low purple glow to them, especially when it starts getting a little bit darker. It's very easy to see them. It marks these areas that there's these like glitches, I guess is the best way to put it. So I'd, I'd suggest avoiding bright purple flowers. Can do. That's good to know, as that would have been at least, in my opinion, very attractive a thing to explore. You're a curious sort, aren't you? <laughs> I'm a delf. Hello. Not all delves are curious. I'm going to let you know that. That's a terrible shame. <laughs> nice to meet you too. <laughs> Sorry, Jory. Hi. Oh, I should have said something fake, shouldn't I, Smallman? Um, what's my name backwards? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Two questions. (laughs) One, does Jory actually say those things? Just very quietly to small room only. You're in in a small person room. There is no saying something quietly to (laughs) one person who is standing next to you. (laughs) Two, how does small room react to any of that? Well... I will say that Smallrin, luckily, is Smallrin. She doesn't react, except she immediately looks at Lem to see whether he caught any of that. And she focuses in her Ogrim orb for, like, any and all visual cues, like, listening to his breathing, checking it. Like, the, the Ogrim orb is zeroed in, and one of her instructions is, what are his pupils doing? They seem interested like does hear all of that. It doesn't incite any sort of like, ooh, that's interesting or gonna file that away. It's just like, who are these people kind of interest? Like what in the world? You have this like, who is this like jovial, bubbly delve and this serene, unknowable person next to her? (laughs) What in the world is happening? Cool. And Smallrin doesn't clock any recognition either, especially for, of her name. No. Okay. So Smallrin just kind of like leans into Jory and going out of her way to give Lem a slightly exasperated look. Jory, if you are going to use a fake name, you shouldn't mention it in front of the person you are going to use it on. I just, yes, well, um, <laughs> yes, yes, you're right, you, you're right. It's very clearly, it's very clearly true, but this is not the way we get nicknames started. I'm seeing that now. I will try again in a smooth way. We can brainstorm on our way down into the chasm. All right. Good. Very good. Well, uh, thank you for the information. Is there anything else you would like to let us know so that you get that 15%? Otherwise, we'll be dead. (laughs) There was some word about a rogue robot, one that goes into the cliffside. Hmm. But other than that, no. What what kind of size of rogue robot? Are we talking something large enough to dig holes into the side of the chasm? Or are we talking something roughly the size of uh, our friend on her shoulder? Nine foot tall, kind of humanoid looking thing. Okay. All right. 
not the best. I suppose if people bothered reporting a rogue robot, it would be something on the larger side. Look, I'm still feeling pretty sleepy, so... Ah, okay. Um, well, we'll leave you to it. Did you want us to turn your, um, your nanny back on? No, don't touch that. Thing. <laughs> okay. I stopped petting it. <laughs> Thanks for the business. I'm glad I got you the information. I hope you have a good, uh, good exploration. Best of luck to you. Sweet dreams. Right. And before you even shut the door, Lem has kind of like collapsed on the bed. Mm. Sorry, I think I'm pasty drunk. <laughs> it's all right. We should perhaps establish some pseudonyms before we meet anyone else. He didn't seem overly interested or that like he recognized either of our names, so it should be all right. Yeah. Okay. Can do. Brainstorm. Thank you so much for listening to episode 81 of Imprinted Echoes and Amnesis. As always, if you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes and our website at imprintedechoes.com. There you can find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store and our Patreon if you'd be able to help us out monetarily. And on that note, I'd like to thank Kyle, Tyler L., and Xander for their support. If you'd like to help us out in other ways, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and review, and tell a friend about the show. Quite honestly, at this point, word of mouth is the best way to get our name out to people. And of course, you can find our hosts on Twitter, myself at Covered and Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. And be sure to follow our network, Ghostlight Media, at GLM Pods. Thanks once again for listening, and I hope you'll come back in two weeks to hear another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zan Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenlee, and is edited by Alex Berkowitz. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.